0: I'll be back in the high life again All the doors that close were packed open up again I'll be back in the high life again All the eyes that watch the once Will smile and take us again. Alright, alright, alright Welcome everyone I'm Michelle Archibald, and this is I'm Doing My Fucking Best, a mental health podcast for anyone and everyone. So today is the first episode. Um, I'd like to take this time to tell you a bit about me and what this podcast will look like. Um, Also, sorry for any technical difficulties. This is probably going to be a learn while I go thing. Um, So I am a nurse practitioner, and I have a doctorate in biochemical research. Um, I've been living with a mental health condition unofficially my entire life. But officially, I was diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder in 2016, which is also called GAD for short. So I've seen mental health from both sides of the coin, so through my own diagnosis and as a medical provider, especially during COVID. Um, So basically every day. (laughs) And ironically, I decided to do this podcast because I I recently left that job due to a severe relapse from burnout. Um, So I entered a partial hospitalization program about a month ago, just basically for three weeks every weekday. It's 10 to 3 p.m. It's a bunch of group therapy, and the community there was just so amazing and helped me get back on my feet and on this road to a new recovery. Um, So this podcast, you know, might just end up being an audience-less hobby for me on the side. But my hope is to try and give back some of that love and support I received from my program to anyone who is listening, no matter where you are in life, no matter whether you have a mental health condition or not, Because let's face it, life is fucking hard, and we're all doing our fucking best. So the next part I'm going to tell you about my mental health um, journey up to this point. So I'm going to talk about what I call the break. It's basically when everything came to a head and I hit my rock bottom. In hindsight, like I mentioned before, I've been living with an undiagnosed mental illness my whole life. But the break marks the start of my journey with it and my official diagnosis. It's something I wrote for myself a few years back to kind of help remind me of how far I've come, especially when I'm starting to feel very anxious and having, like, flare-ups. I've told this story to many patients who are hospitalized inpatient, patient, but never to anyone in my personal life. So this is a big first for me. My hope, though, is by sharing this, it might help someone who is struggling or someone that knows someone that's struggling and helps to break the stigma. Um, so trigger warning, there is talk about suicide. And here we go. So when I was twenty seven years old, I woke up one morning with this crippling anxiety, and it didn't go away for months. Some days are better than others, but there is not a single day where I felt okay. It was hell. Actually it felt like how could hell be worse than this? I lost weight, I couldn't sleep or eat, and I cried nonstop. My heart would race nonstop. I call it my hummingbird heart in hindsight. But at the time I always felt like I was about to have a heart attack. It got to the point where the thought of brushing my teeth was so fucking crippling, and the fact that I felt that way about something so simple and so routine that I've done my entire life just made the anxiety spiral even more. Every ten minutes felt like a marathon. Being alive was just fucking exhausting, and that's when I started to think about suicide. Rock Bottom is not a cliche. It's a real place, a really fucking scary place. It has no hope, no help, no way out. It's where everything you think you are gets smashed into a billion pieces right in front of your eyes. It makes you feel so far gone, you wonder how could anything ever be good again. And the answer seems so clear. It won't ever be good again. This is it. Forever. This is your life. Literally a living hell. And the only way out is to die. The thought of my little brother crying at my funeral, though, was just too unbearable to think about. So I forced myself to keep living, But it was getting to a point where living for my brother's sake was only going to take me so far. The thought of living to even 35 years old seemed so excruciating. Living isn't the right term, because this wasn't living. It was barely surviving. Anxiety is like a parasite. It eats you from the inside out, physically destroying you as much as it does mentally. It was actually Father's Day when my dad called me. From the sound of my voice, he knew something was wrong, and he told me to come back home to Virginia, where my parents lived. So I drove the eight hours back from Boston to Virginia, and I stayed home for about a month. I promised my parents when I got back to Boston that I would get some professional help. But in my head, I had my own plan. If I got help and I still felt this way in six months, I was just going to kill myself. I am now 35 years old, and this was eight years ago. So now for the rest of the episode, I just want to give some help on how to find help basically because it was super difficult for me there are not a lot of mental health providers and the ones that do exist are overbooked and have no room for more clients especially after covid Um, so it ended up taking me two months to get appointments so first just in general there are two main types of mental health providers we have our psychologist also known as a therapist and they're the ones that provide talk therapy um And therapies such as CBT and DBT, which stand for Cognitive Behavioral Therapy and Dialectic Behavioral Therapy. But we'll get into those in a different episode. And they also help you work through trauma. A psychiatrist, on the other hand, is the one that can prescribe medications. So for me personally, I have a therapist and a psychiatrist. Um, So depending on what you need, you can have one or the other or both like me. Um, So let's see to find a provider, I'm going to go through a few resources and I'm going to post these. If I can figure out how to post things on Spotify (laughs) at the bottom of the episode. Um, but I'm also going to post it on the Instagram I made, which is, um, at I'm doing my fucking best. No dots, anything like that. Um, so the first thing, which I did initially call your insurance company or go on their website to find a list of preferred providers in your area that take your insurance. Um, One thing, though, that I realize, a lot of providers don't take insurance or it's out of network. So this can be a little tricky, but there definitely are providers that your insurance will cover. You can also call your primary care provider to ask for a list of mental health providers they may recommend. So a lot of primary cares, they will refer people or have um, lists of people that they think might be good for you. Um, The other thing, so there's a group called the National Alliance of Mental Health, or NAMI for short. So this is actually the program that I talk to patients that are inpatient and hospitalized, um, along with just anyone who wants to know about mental health. So they are a huge resource, and they're nationwide. And they have something called the Compass Hotline. So basically, you can call it if you need help or someone you know needs help, because it's really difficult to get help when you just feel like you can't do anything. Um, And I personally have used this. So the Compass Hotline, it'll help you navigate through the mental health system, find support groups, uh, local treatment centers, therapists, anything you need. And they're available Monday through Friday, 9 to 5. And I will have the phone number linked at the bottom. Um, They also have an email address that I will put there. But just in case you want to know the number right now, it's 1-800-370-9085. Another good national resource is the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration, or SAMHSAS for short. Um, they also have a hotline, 1-800-662-HELP. Um, and they can refer you to different treatment centers if it's substance abuse related, but they also will help you find um, support groups and community-based organizations for therapy. Another thing that's really come up after COVID is using apps. So there's apps such as Better Health, Talkspace. Those are just a couple. There's a lot more popping up. Um, And they can help you connect to a provider through the app. So you can do it all through Zoom or the app. Um, And there's also apps that just have like therapy plans, meditation, things like that. And these typically range from free to $60 a week, depending on the level of care. Some insurances might allow you to reimburse, depending on the app. This is a really good option if you don't have good mental health coverage on your insurance or insurance at all, Um, because without insurance, a single provider visit with a therapist or psychiatrist can range from $100 to $300 for an appointment that's under an hour, Um, which is another topic that's super ridiculous, how much we have to pay for basic mental health care, but we'll get into that in another episode. (laughs) Um, Another thing is each state has their own resources for finding mental health care, So you can go to your state's government website, such as mass.gov, for MA residents, and find state-specific resources. So like I mentioned, all of these resources will be linked on the Instagram post at I'm Doing My Fucking Best, and I'm going to try and put it at the bottom of this episode on Spotify. I also would love to hear of any other ideas that people have about how to find uh, providers or deal with the costs of it. Um, So if you want to leave a comment on the Instagram, that would be awesome. So that's it for today. Hopefully these resources can help you or someone you love, and hopefully you got to know me a little bit, and we'll join back for more episodes. So thank you for listening today, and hope to see you back here for the next one. And here is my uplifting quote for the day to sign off with. Aerodynamically, bumblebees should not be able to fly, but the bumblebees don't know that, so they go on flying anyways. Nothing is impossible.